is Jarvis Leatherby of the band Night Demon, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, listeners, and welcome to another week of Focus on Metal. And I am once again um, on the phone with me. That's right. The foreigner. <laughs> the foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was just the fact that Richie's done, you know, been out and, and hung with Jarvis last time. He was he had passed through and got on the phone with him this time. And they've kind of forged, a, you know, a pretty good relationship. So I thought, you know what, I really can't run a Jarvis Leatherby chat that Richie does without uh, at least having Richie do a little bit of weigh-in on this. And uh, very interesting that, uh, you know, a, a new uh, live album from these guys and stuff kind of took me a little bit by surprise. Uh, but what took me surprise more was that uh, very, very honest... I mean, Jarvis has always pretty much laid things out, but he really laid things out for you on this interview and just was... Uh, just really, hey, this is this is what's going on, and this is why it's going on, and and you know, a lot of artists don't do that, but uh, he he just put everything right out there for you. Yeah, well, one of the things I've known, I've met Jarvis and interviewed him. I, I met him once, mm. talked to him, uh, saw the show, and then I interviewed him before over the phone. They're a DIY band. Mm. Um, you know, they pull up their sleeves, they get out there, they slog, they slog, they slog, and they slog. And they they do things the right way. They're very you know they're very conscious of their fan base. You know they're always on the road, right? Always connecting with the fans. Put they put on a great show. Um. So the honesty thing it surprised me a little bit, but not not a not a whole lot. Yeah, but then there was because, you know, um, also the part that that we're not airing because it was kind of asked off the record. So yes. in that spirit, like, you know, when we tell an artist off the record, it's off the record. But without going into a lot of detail, I mean, he had a really frank discussion with you about, you know, label support and how an artist needs to support the label as well. And an artist needs to do things for themselves and not, you know, expect that, you know, the label is mommy and daddy and is going to do everything for them and all of that. And, and you know, everything we just said about them being a DIY band it's totally wrapped up in that answer that he gave you about uh, about their relationship to a label versus some other bands that we won't name's relationship to labels. Yeah, well, I think a lot of bands, well, not a lot, and maybe a lot of bands now, I, I don't know, but the minute they sign to a label, they think, oh, we're made. Yeah, the no, it's, it's true. And, the and I was thinking the other day, I was, I was, driving home, I was going over the Rook Bridge, like you really didn't know exactly where I was, but I was going over the Rook Bridge, and because uh, you never want to think about the fact that you're on the Rook Bridge, and I was thinking about, you know, when when we got signed, we literally expected that same kind of thing from the label, which was like, okay, we're signed, what are they going to do for us? Now, maybe I'm being, uh, I don't know, a little rose-colored glasses on this, but, you know, the thing back then too is that we didn't have like social media and we didn't have the internet and it was all, you know, we were making newsletters and we were trying to get like, you know, 
to be able to get talked about on the radio and things like that. So we didn't have as many avenues or we didn't know about as many avenues as probably a lot of bands today do. But I did think about it and I was like, you know what? I mean, we were we were exactly that band that that uh, that Jarvis would really be like disgusted with and that we just figured, oh, oh great, you know, uh, you know, Black Rose signed us and they're going to they're going to go and get do promotion for us and you know, do everything for us and we really don't need to do much for ourselves. And so you mean, the more I thought about it, it was like, wow, where we were, we were that band. Yeah. Now we've, we've read a lot of books, mm. music books. This comes up in 80% of them. We signed to the label. We didn't know what we were signing into. They screwed us on this. They screwed us on that. They screwed us on everything. And we had to either try and get out of a contract that cost us a lot of money or we had to split up. Right. Now, that's in a lot of books, right? Oh, yeah. Night Demon are like that. They're well clued in to everything. And I think that's the way you got to be now. You can't just rely on other people to do things. Hmm. you got to pull your sleeves up and just fucking get out there. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're road dogs. And then also, I mean, I mean, Jarvis talks about it too, I think, in the interview, is the fact that you know, if he's not on the road with Night Demon, he could very well be, or sometimes even when he's on the road with them, he's still doing stuff where he's booking bands and stuff too. He's, he's managing bands too. Yeah. So he's involved in the business when he's not at night demon. Like it's a full time, full time, full time job for him. Yeah. Um, you know, which which probably suits him because if you were to do another job outside the music business, I don't think your employer would be very impressed with you if you if you said to him, "I'm off for six weeks. I need to go around Europe in a van. I'm playing Vakken," and the guy would go, "Where? What the fuck is Vakken?" <laughs> yeah, it's very true. You, you see, you know, some people that you know that they're like, you know, either it's a weekend warrior type situation or they're doing these short term tours and things. And you and and you really wonder, like, how can they do that? You know, what what kind of what employer do they have that is kind of like, yeah, I'm good if you leave for three months. No problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, some people see it with like, you know, with lips, with the Anvil documentary and stuff. But, he's you know, with that one, he's working for his family. So there's kind of a. A little bit different thing, but I mean, for your average person, you know, and I know some guys will do things like, you know, they're doing tech for bands and stuff when they're not touring or they just, Uh they just come home and, and, um, you know, they work in a pizza place and then, you know, they quit and they get rehired back and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's tough if you're not fully touring all the time and stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's a tough gig. Yeah, well, the guy, the guy who was, um, he's the road manager for Glenn Hughes. Um, I was talking to him after the gig, and he played bass in the end of the show. Uh, Glenn sang um, Highway Star, and he stood in the back and played the bass for the song. Hmm. And I'm talking to him afterwards, and he said that uh, when he's not with Glenn or being a road manager for other, other bands, he plays bass in the band The Choir Boys. Huh. Now, I know the I know the Choir Boys from uh, the late 80s. Uh, Sharon Osbourne used to manage them. Yeah. Um, Spike is the lead singer. They're an English band, right? And uh, so this guy, when he's not <laughs> when he's not doing the road managing thing, he's playing and he's playing with bands too. So a lot of these guys they they cross pollinate now because they have to because I think the music industry is the only thing they know. So if they're not playing an instrument, they're either behind a mixing desk or they're booking bands or they're doing something involved in, in the music business itself because they can't really go. In, they're not educated. Well, educated is a, probably too strong a word, but 
they probably they probably can't go into certain other avenues of 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 uh, work because they can't spare the time to do it full time. Mm-hmm. And probably the people who are going to employ them can't employ them for a short period of time and then let them go off. Or what they'll have to do is they'll have to give up the music to do that. So they stay in the music to 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 you know to keep their their career going. They right. just have to go into different aspects of it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, like I said, it's a, it's a tough gig, but, uh, I mean, Jarvis has been doing it, been doing it successfully and it's, it's amazing to, to kind of be a spectator and watch the band continue to grow and evolve and, and watch him drive it. And, uh, definitely a really, really dedicated guy. And it's always great to have him on. I think this is what the, the maybe that's the third time, maybe second, third, might be the third. third I think. And I think when I talked to him, they were in the middle of doing, and I think I said it in the interview, I think it was like 11 shows in 11 days. Mm. And, and they were, when I talked to them, they were just coming down from Canada. Right. So they were literally play a show, pack up, drive to God knows where, play a show, do it again, you know, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. 11 days in a row. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, you want to kill each other. <laughs> At the end, you really would because, like these aren't these guys aren't in private jets, they're not in separate tour buses, you know. That's that they're a dedicated group of guys. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that, they definitely that, are. Yeah, and and they're out. They're they're a killer band. They really are. I've been into them since the first album. It was a breath of fresh air when I heard it. I was like, I've been waiting for a band to sound like that hmm. and pull it off for years, and they've done it now on the on the two records and and the live album as well and. That's one of the reasons I always have Jarvis on because I really fucking like the band and I want to help promote them. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know, it is it is interesting. You know, they're they're doing the you know the Live Darkness, and if if you haven't picked up a copy of Live Darkness, then uh, you know what the hell are you waiting for? But you know, there is some stuff that he does talk about in the interview about this kind of being a, a, a bridge to the next the next part and stuff. So you kind of wonder, you know, what's he got in mind? Is, you know, is there, are they going to change their sound up a little bit? You know, what's going on? And, 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 you know, I think going back to like last week, you talk about like Kiss, right? And you got the three albums and you had a live one. And then there was kind of a, ch- a sonic change, a movement in what they wrote, you know, until a live two. And then there was a change there and, and you know, each time they did a live album, there was kind of this this change that happened. And I wonder if we're going to see a little of that with with Night Demon or not. And I, I mean, I wouldn't want them to to just be stagnant forever, kind of a thing either. But um, hopefully, they're not going to move too far off kind of their core competency. I don't think they are because um, I think they have a, a market there now for that sound, and there's not a lot of bands that can pull off that old school new album sound. Yeah. Um, when you look at even all the all the bands that are from that era, their all their sound now is radically different. Saxon, right. Iron Maiden, you know they don't do three, three four minute, you know, punkish metal songs anymore. For the most part, Saxon are heavier now. Oh, yeah, Iron Maiden definitely. are doing nineteen minute Empire of the Clouds. Yeah. Spe- um, speaking of so, Saxon, I've been like binging on on music documentary stuff, and. Uh, so I saw this thing come up, and it was like a critical review of Saxon. So I thought, oh, that'd be interesting to watch. And it, for whatever reason, what I watched was not what the description was. And I got this, like, Saxon live concert that I'm watching. And it's from, obviously, from the 80s because um, 
Paul Quinn has the uh, the full head of hair thing. <laughs> the perm. Yeah. The perm. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm listening to the like the, the the versions of the songs they're playing too, and it's like, what are they doing? It was like they they like hair metaled up like every one of the songs, and I got about three songs in, and I was just. I can't. I can't even listen to this anymore. This is like not. It isn't that kind of that driving, you know, new album sound that they had and and that I got into. And even now, I mean, I like the heavier sound, but I do like the fact that when they go back and they do their classic stuff, it goes back and it sounds like how they sounded when they did like Wheels of Steel originally. So they're able to to successfully do all that, and they don't. They don't. Um, they don't like put their, you know, stamp of like sacrifice sonics onto, you know, an old song. So it's, 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 I think better now. I don't know what the hell they were doing in that video. That was crap. Well, here's, here's the deal with the band and the fan. You see, the band wants to grow. Mm. The fan doesn't want to let the band grow. Yeah. The fan wants one thing and the band wants to do another thing. And that's when the band can completely lose your fan base. But with Night Demon, I think you've only got three guys. They're not going to get a keyboard player. They're not going to get a horn section. Hmm. Um, they're not going to go. They're not going to get a, you know all these orchestral bits in and all that. I, I don't think they're going to change their sound. I just think they're going to get it, the albums might sound better. Mm-hmm. They might tweak their sound, but as regards their songwriting and all that, it, I think it's still going to be the same old school metal hmm. stuff. You know, if it isn't broke. You don't have to fix it, and with that band, definitely it's not broke. So just more, more, more of the same. I would hope that album-wise, that they don't tweak the sound because the sonically, the way they sound on albums is perfect for the style they're playing right now. Definitely, because you can hear everything, mm-hmm. and it's got that old school sound. It's not over compressed. You know, it's not. You know, it's it's not multi layered. It's bass, drums, guitar, vocals, end of story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons it jumps out. It's um, you see, I've seen it on social media. It's like, you know, what name a new band I want to listen to, and people would say Night Demon, mm. and then you hear back, holy fuck, they sound like a fucking new album band, and I'm like, you got it, bingo. That's why you love them because they've nailed it. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of band, not a lot of bands out there now can can actually do the retro thing. Yeah, very true. And pull and, and pull and pull it off, and they're one of them that can. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely, yeah. They they've definitely got that more of a of a low key kind of back to basics thing. Yeah, yeah. So what do you say we uh, we've talked enough about Night Demon? What do you say we play a little Night Demon and we roll into your talk with Jarvis Leatherby all about what's going on with the band and in particular the uh, the thoughts behind Live Darkness? Sure. Awesome. <laughs>
Jarvis? Yes. Hey, it's Richie from Focus on Metal. How are you doing? Hey, good. All right, man. How's it going? Yeah, you made it over the border. Just barely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever have any trouble going over borders in any of the countries you've been through? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mainly Canada. <laughs> you know, but, uh, I mean, it, it happens. You know? um, yeah, you know, just uh, it's they see a rock band and they're like, uh, you know, these guys got to have something on them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever turn you around? What's that? Did they ever turn you around and say you're not getting in and screw up your dates? Yes. Yes. Um, it happened in 2015. Um, the, our old guitar player had like a DUI on his record. So he couldn't get in. In Canada, that's like a major felony. You know, we applied for. Um, you can apply to get in with that. Um, it take it's a lot of it's a lot of red tape, a lot of money. We did it, and it, they still refused us. So um, that happened before, but it hasn't happened since. Thankfully, so yeah. no well, problems there. What do you do? Like you're probably in the middle of a tour. You just what do you do? Yeah. Like, I mean, you just can't go. I mean, you just you just don't. You got to just pick up in the next place that you can. You know, so if you can't get into the country. You just you you just go to the you go hang out for a couple of days, or, or you drive to the next place in the next in the next country you can get into. You know, so yeah, yeah. You just got to make work, find a way to keep going. Yeah, you must be pretty fried because I'm looking at your tour dates. I know you're playing in Boston tonight, right? No, I yeah, I I can't go right. You're about oh, you're, bummer. I can't, I I can't get it in. I've got two young kids, and um, yeah, no worries. You've yeah. seen us at that club before. Yeah, I was. I I interviewed you there the last time. I think yeah, two right. years ago. And um, yeah. but you're in the middle of doing twelve shows in twelve days. That's nuts. <laughs> wow, that's like a. That's not. I mean, yeah, it is. I guess, but um, like. I mean, we've done more, <laughs> you know, and uh, we're about to do more. So um, it is a little crazy, you know, and I, the other day I was thinking, I was like, man, it would be great to have today off, you know, but uh, it's like usually after you play the gig, it goes so well that you just have this kind of amnesia, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're like, oh man, okay, that was great. That was worth it, you know? So and you know the more the more the more consistently that we play the better we are. So I've I've definitely learned that. You know I mean sometimes like it's nice to have a rest like on my boys, but I've been taking pretty good care of myself lately. You know uh, on the road it's not it's not as it's not super easy to do that, but it's much easier to wreck yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. By by partying too much or not sleeping <laughs> so i mean everything is taken in moderation these days just kind of just to keep the longevity of it going and i've i've found that much easier you know like yeah. i uh um you know i drink beer through it with a straw you know, so. and <laughs> 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 uh, one like one of the things i find talking to a lot of musicians um they hate playing late. Um, you know, you, you're you're probably playing certain venues that probably you might be on like at nine, and then other venues don't want you on until like eleven or maybe midnight. Like that has to be right. a problem for you as well. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I, I can only request as much as I can. I mean, like, you know, usually, <clears throat> I mean, I'll have our agents say, hey, look, you know, the band needs to be on by 1030. Like, that's when we want to play it. So if there's, you know, <clears throat> if there's um, four opening acts or whatever, you got to open the doors. You got to start the show earlier. Don't care. You know, I just, that's, this is what we do. This is how we do it, you know. Oh, this, these are the times we run, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, has, but, uh, has it gotten easier? <laughs> Sorry, Jarvis. Go ahead. Uh, I said, oh. you there? Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, you just broke off for a second. Okay, sorry, we're driving. But All yeah, right. I said, especially especially in the states, it's like that. In places where we're where we're more popular, like like Europe, we have a little bit more. Uh, uh, we have a little bit more control over over that kind of situation. Yeah. Do, do you do you find that it's gotten a little bit easier to to join up the dots on where you're going? Because I'm sure you want to play in a lot of places on the weekends, but it's just not financially feasible to do that. That you have to play Monday night here and Tuesday night here and Wednesday night here. Has that gotten easier at all? Hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like I, I mean I what I the one thing about that is is like I I you know you get into a zone where you actually forget what day it is. <laughs> uh, you, you know the other night like the other night it was Saturday night and it felt like Sunday. The whole day felt like a Sunday, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it it was just it was just that kind of vibe that it was all around. And, and so, um, you know, but, but other, other times, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, you like, like you said, you know, you, you have to play some. So, so um, I find that sometimes, like the major markets, you know, mm-hmm. and people are really and and uh, and so on on the weekdays, plans uh, during the week, you know. So they may say, hey, you know what, I will go out to that tonight or something, you know. But um, it it sucks it sucks for the diehards, you know. Yeah, um, the th- thing I find is like, if it's on a weekend, I'm definitely more inclined to go than during the week. During the week is especially right. early in the week. It just sucks, but you have to play. No, I, yeah, we do, we do. You know, but like again, it's like it's, it's heavy metal, so there 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 always ends up a lot of people that you know they work in the service industry or shit they don't even have jobs or something you know so like so a lot of times you know it's it's not a big deal for for, for some of our fans you know? but uh yeah i mean we've thought about in the future you know with the, with the next with, with the next album coming out whenever that does um about doing some uh exclusive album release shows and having them scheduled on the weekend, you know, and, and, and flying out to certain places that have been really, really good to us and, and kind of giving them that, you know, places that never get shows on, that we would never play on a weekend, you know? Yeah. So, but, but good markets for us, you know? So, so we, we do have that in mind and, and, uh, we've, you know, we've, we've seen other bands, other bands successfully do that. And, and it's funny because, you know, the more the bigger bands that we tour with now, we find that you know, especially in the states, 
they won't even tour anymore. Like they don't tour anymore. They just do like a select amount of dates. They'll just fly in and, 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 you know, they keep the shows more exclusive. They make more money doing that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like there's just, I, there's, there's just some, some, some bigger old school bands. They just kind of have the mentality of like, you know, Hey, we are not going to play middle America on a Monday night in a venue that's too, that we feel is too small for us. And it's not going to draw any people, you know, like I've, I've seen that a lot lately and I don't, I mean, I totally understand that. At the same time, I mean, as a fan, I don't know how I feel about it. Because one thing about Nike that's always been cool is like, you know, we'll go to small towns, we'll go all over the world. And even if there's two or four fans in that town, we've gone to that at least one, you know? And that, that's like a, that's a good thing for, for uh, the foundation of, of a band. Yeah. Do you find Jarvis that it's difficult to find venues that want live bands early in the week that they just want them on the weekends? Not anymore. It was it was in the early days, but I think we're at a point now where where we can get it done, you know. And and you know we 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 the thing is we toured so much, and so between you know I mean we have we have a professional booking agent who works for us who books bands much bigger than us. Um, you know, we have we have a guy in the States, we have a company in Europe, we have a company in South America, you know, so I mean it's their job to do this and there's there's a there's enough to go around. I mean, when when I find that we we don't have days off, I mean that's that it's evident that that it's not a problem to do that. But the thing is is that like the live music scene in general i mean not just heavy metal just rock it's really shrinking you know like you'll find bigger bands playing in smaller places and you're like wow that's crazy like that band is playing there you know and then so these clubs i think some were like some of the last people standing right and mm-hmm. they were saying like hey yes we will do live music all night Week. And then what what you have is this this club ends up dominating and becoming the destination for any small to mid level band. You know, I mean, we've seen it even in Netherlands. Like there's this place in Tilburg called Little Devil, and the capacity of this place is probably man. I mean, like like if it's packed, right? Like packed. I would say it's probably 130 people, 150 people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they'll do anything from night music to, you know, Anvil or Diamond Head or Tigers of Pantang or something. You know, they get all the big bands coming through this little spot because that's the spot. And, you know, the shows sell out all the time. Mm. But still, it's like it just goes to show you that, you know, they're not putting these. That those bands are not playing the 800 or 1,000 capacity, so they're having to, but they're not, there's no like 500, 600 capacity room that they're able to play. There's a big gap, you know? So, um, so that is interesting. And I've seen it in America too, like some of these places, like, you know, we'll, we'll go and support a band that's much bigger than us, and we'll be playing some clubs that we have, like, you know? 
So it's a really it's a really interesting thing how the live the live box has has really shrunk down because before it was a treat to be like man I get to see this band in a small intimate setting I and mean, that's really cool. But for the fans, it's not so cool sometimes. You know, when there's no dressing room or backstage or, you know, Great Scott is a good example of that, you know? It's mm. a cool, it's a it's a bar, you know? Yeah, yeah it is. I, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's got a great vibe and the fans love it and stuff. But, you know, it's not the most comfortable situation to be in. Um, but it's that's what it is. They're the players in the game that are going to do the gig. So, so we got we to gotta go show up and do it. You know? Yeah, no, no Jarvis... You guys tour a lot, but in general, you hear a lot of fans. One of the gripes they have is that there's just an oversaturation of bands touring, that every six months, the same band comes around in, in, a, in a slightly different package. Are you conscious of that in Night Demon, that, you know, oh, we only played there six months ago, or, or do you just say, fuck it, we'll just go? Oh, you are no, 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 no. We're totally conscious of it. We think about it daily and try and strategize how we're going to do certain um, and luckily, luckily, we're not in the category of doing the same circuit over and over and over again in that close of a proximity, you know, mm-hmm. like we, what we find ourselves doing is, you know, every if we headline a tour, you know, every time we've toured, there's been a reason for it. There's been a theme behind it. There's been something behind it. There's been like an album being released. There's been a single coming out. There's been. There's been something about it, you know, like, and, you know, the merchandise schemes change constantly. There's always a tour shirt. Um, but, I mean, we've definitely uh, started to feel it a little bit of the oversaturation thing. Um, and so we do plan on taking a break in November, a quite a long break. <laughs> not, not a break from from night even but a break from the road as far as actual touring you know mm-hmm. and i mean I, you know i mean we need to go make another record you know but at the same time i mean we just released a live album and you know it hit number it debuted at number 43 on the german charts and i mean that's that's huge I mean, mm. for a live album and from a metal band and something that you know a triple lp that's priced so high you know i mean like like that's a real testament to what we're doing. So, uh, you know, we're very conscious of it, and like you know, we're getting burnt out. But we also think the fans need a little bit of a break. You know, like they need to miss us a little bit. But as far as the states, I mean, like you know, we haven't been we haven't been to Boston since the last time you were there. I mean, it's been quite a while. Mm. You know? So I I don't feel like like we're oversaturating those markets in that way. I just always think that, you know, with the with the way that people get information constantly, daily through uh, the internet and stuff like that, they may feel oversaturated by us because we just have so much shit going on that even if we're not playing your town, you know, you're gonna see daily that we are doing something, you know, or we're getting some great reviews, or there's an interview posted, or we're in the press, or we're playing a big festival or we're playing a gig that day or the next day, you know? So you can get oversaturated in a way just by following a man. It's kind of funny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, we're very conscious of it. And I think we're teetering that line right now. And we're just at that breaking point of it, you know? Uh, 
but like I said, you know, we have a live on that. We have something to promote. Like we're, we stay active like that. We're not like the guys that just go out and just milk it, milk it. So I think that, you know, we've done almost 600 shows in the last four years. And like, really it's, it's time to take a little bit of break, have a break from touring. And, uh, I, I think that all, everything that we've done right now has been necessary and it's really set us up for this point here. I, I don't regret any of, of what we put into it because it really has made a big, big difference. Like people and playing in front of them live X amount of time and people seeing the progression, whether they're a fan or not, you know, there's a certain respect level there that we've earned. Um, and I think it's like, it's very, it's very important moving into the future that, um, we didn't, we didn't take big breaks here and there. Cause a lot of bands do that early on in their career, you know, they catch fire and then they take long breaks and it takes a long time to get that momentum back. So I think, I think now is the time coming up to be able to step back for a little bit. I mean, again, we're still, we're still going to be 100% active as a band. And as a matter of fact, you know, as far as the European market goes, we've, we've expressed to many people there that, you know, we will be taking a break from touring. And with that, now we've been confirmed for a few festivals for 2019 as headliners. Wow. Because they know, because they know it's an exclusive thing. And they're paying us a lot more money and they're flying us in and flying us right out, you wow. know? So, so there is a benefit to it, you know, but you have to go out there and, and express that. And, you know, I mean, as, as the band was developing, we would have multiple festivals within a, a, a six week or three month period of time. And you have to tour between those days because they're not paying you enough money and you can't afford to be flying back and forth, you know? Yeah. Just to play these gigs, you know. So now, like I said, all that work, you know, we put ourselves in a position where we are getting offers like that, where they're like, No, hey, look, if you're not gonna tour around these dates, like like you are the you're like you're the worthy headliner anyway, but it didn't make sense before because people were still finding out about you guys and you know, uh they could see you in the club fifty kilometers away tomorrow, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get I get that side of it too, you know. As Maria, obviously we're festival promoters too, so we we treat we treat the bands the same way when we do Frost and Fire, you know. So uh, there's that there's that to it. So that's that's the that's the long answer of it, but but that's that's all legit. Yeah. Now Jarvis, when I spoke to you a couple of years ago, one of the questions I asked you was, um, can you plan one year ahead and five years ahead? And you said you could. Now a few years ago. Did you envision having a live record out after only doing two studio records? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the goal. Like we, we knew, we knew that we, we saw what we did with the curse of the damn touring cycle. We saw how long that lasted. We wanted to do the same thing, same amount of time with this record. And, but I wanted to have more content come out throughout that time. So what we did, was we when I saw you last we had we had released two singles and two videos for the upcoming record and did a big support tour with Anvil before the release of the album. 
Then right when the release of the album hit, we released another single and went right to Europe for an extensive tour with lots of big festival appearances, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we went back a couple of times and then at the beginning of the, the, the next calendar year, we released the expanded edition of the album, which is something that bands do 30 years after the fact. But you know, I mean, we didn't want to do that. Like people are, are, Ah, cell phone dropouts. Gotta love them. But you know what that means? It means we can play a little more Night Demon Live Darkness while Richie gets Jarvis back on the line. in Maine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not nah, Vermont, actually. Yeah, I just, just but, but I got full bars now. Okay. So anyway, what I was saying was this. Like, if you look at the timeline of it, you know, back on the Curse album, we did like about two, I think I think about 25 months of touring on that And we wanted to kind of do the same thing with this. But at that time, I mean, we were still getting our feet wet and really just trying to get discovered we thought the album was great and we wanted people to really ingest it fully but this time around you know i kind of looked at what the music industry was doing and you know the way if uh, people's attention spans are so short these days and you know it's basically a after six weeks an album is already old you know mm-hmm. i mean to the public and things like this so, you know, we strategically did it where we, you know, like I said, we did the, I mean, the timeline was this. It was a support tour while you're releasing the two singles, then the album hits, and then you do the headlining tour, you do festival appearances. After that, we released the 7-inch vinyl for the Black Widow single. Um, 
We did another video. We did that. Then we did the expanded edition of the album. And we went and supported Accept in Europe for six weeks as that came out. Uh, and, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have this live album. We had the live album come out. We had uh, a few videos for that come out as well. We still have another video for Darkness Remains coming out in October. So what we really wanted to do is not only just keep touring on the record, but you want to, like, nurture that album, you know? If you look at, um, in history... Um, a lot of rock bands that that albums that became big or that broke, a lot of them weren't like instant hits. You know, you had record companies that were that were really working those albums for two or three years. You know, they would keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, and, pushing and continue to release content with that. You know, and we just kind of wanted to to take the matter in our own hands and and do that. And and we, you know, I think we've successfully accomplish that you know and you know the record did great i mean it's it's been number one in, in many polls and um you know so so no no uh no, no regrets on, on that on that point. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was a good plan and, and like you know we've we've executed it well you know yeah jarvis i want to ask you about the um the accept tour um yeah. did any of the guys in the band know who you were before you got that you know um they they did um the thing was is that uh, when it first came up uh we we were approached you know by the by the uh, uh the agency for the band to uh to go out on this tour this european tour and it was originally supposed to be accept with ice earth and night demon and uh I said, wow, that's that's an amazing opportunity. Uh, you know, of course, we'll do it. And then it became a thing where, okay, well, Ice Earth wants you to share a tour bus with you guys. And we're like, great, even better. You know, what's that going to cost on our end? And it was something like 20, you know, 20 to $25,000. And we said, okay, um, so let's talk about, like, logistics about, you know, the actual tour like we need to bring our crew we need to pay them obviously uh you know so what's the deal with the shows what are we going to get paid for the gigs you know and they said nothing and we're like what <laughs> and they're like yeah i mean you know it's a good opportunity for you guys you know we can't pay you anything and i said okay i said okay like you know you're obviously want us for a reason because we're putting asses in the seats, you know, and that's a fact, especially in Europe. Yeah. So, so I said, okay, so we'll still, I said, we will still do the tour for nothing, but we don't want to be on Eister's bus because we can't afford that. We're not going to another $25,000 just to be on a tour bus. I'm like, we're going to take our own vehicle, which we own, we do own a vehicle in Europe. Um, we're going to bring our own backline. We'll bring our own crew. We just need to make sure that we're not giving any percentage of the merchandise to the venues or anything else. And I'm confident enough that even with no no pay, that we can make enough money off merchandise because that's how well we do it, you know, uh, that we can we can survive on this thing, you know. So they basically came back and said, no, it's, not, it's a no-go. You have to share the bus. And I thought, well, this is lame. This is like a ploy 
for this other band to basically get a free bus, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, we just, we, I, like I said, there's a lot of things that we'll do for free because we know a good opportunity when we see it, you know, and we're, we're not going to, we're confident that we could come out on top on, on the other end. And if you got to eat shit for a while, then that's what you have to do, you know, on the road to success. However, we're not going to pay to play, you know? Right. Yeah. So, so we said no, and they said, "Wow, are you sure?" And then they came back to us a few times again, offering it to us. And we just we held pretty strong, you know. Even our, our record company in Europe said, "Man, opportunity." And we said, "Okay, cool. Are you going to pay for it?" And they're like, "No, we can't." And I said, <laughs> "Well, then forget it. You know, then then I don't need to hear about that. That's just that's just like kind of strong arming the little guy, you know. I mean, I, I mean." I, I don't want to feel used, you know, as much as you want to get on a big tour to use them almost, you know, like to get front of their fans because you don't, right? So anyway, what happened was we couldn't let the die and then something happened. I think I started to do and we're going to end up doing the tour. So then they came back to us and said, look, we just want to do two things. And I said, okay, cool. I said, our, our feelings are still the same. We're self-contained. You just tell us what, where and what time to be there. And we want this much money and we'll be there. And they just said, okay. And that's how it happened. And, uh, you know, I was really proud of that tour because like I said earlier, as much as you want to play with those bands to, to win over their fans, or at least to, at least to give their fans knowledge about what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, because some of the, the old school fans, I mean, they have no idea at all that there's any new scene or anything at all, you know. So you almost have to play with 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 the uh, with the old school guys to 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 get the to get the fans aware of what you're doing, you know. Mm. Um, but but what what we were most proud of is that we had, uh, you know, night after night there was just legions of Night Demon fans at the shows and. I mean, it was it was great. We really felt that we really pulled our own weight on that tour, and we added something to the package, you know. And we had a lot of a lot of our fans tell us, you know, like, hey, like, of course I love Accept, you know, they're a legendary band, but you know, I'm not really into what they're doing lately, and you know, the ticket price is so high or whatever. But like with you guys on it, like it was it, it was a no brainer to go to the gig, you know. Like, cause it was this, this, it was just a great one, two punch, the two bands. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing show between the two bands. You can't miss that, you know? So, uh, so that worked out well. Uh, and you know, that, like, but you know, to answer your question, yeah, Wolf and Peter did know, did know about the band, but they got, they got way more hit to us once we started playing together every night, you know? So, and they were very professional the whole time. And, and, you know, they, they treated us with respect and they treated us well. So, uh, as well as their crew and stuff. And, you know, I mean, we got along great and, and, you know, we still, we still see those guys around. We've, we've ended up playing with them more and more, you know, at festivals and stuff. You see the crew guys all the time. So, you know, it's just another, adding another member to the, to the family, you know, of, of the road, you know, kind of funny how that, how that works. Well, Jarvis, I got a little interesting story for you. Um, I interviewed David Reese who sang on Eat the Heat, the Accept album that came out, I think in 89. Right. And he was at the show 
I think it was in, he lives in Italy. So he was at one of the shows and he okay. said to me that, um, I was very impressed with the drummer in the support band. Of course, that's Dustin. Really? Yeah. He said, yeah. He, he said he was, he, he just watched your drummer for most of the set. And he said he was really impressed with him. He great presence in the pocket. That's awesome, man. That's really good to hear. Yeah. So I, I, I actually said to David, I said, I'd, I've spoken to Jarvis a few times. I'll mention it to him. And he said, yeah, say it to him. He said, because he's a shit hot drummer. Really impressed. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I will. I will let him know. Yeah. So so what what have we got coming up then? You're taking a break at the end of the year. Are you going to write new music or are you just literally you yeah, really are no. taking a break? No, not really. So, I mean, basically finishing the U.S. tour um, in like 10 days, we end in Texas. We fly directly from Texas to Europe. We do a three and a half week tour to support the live record there. Then we have to fly back to Texas to pick up our rig and then drive to California. Then we have our festival, Boston Fire Captain. Wow. That's a big, um, I think the other guys in the band are going to take a, like, a two-week vacation. And me, myself, I'm going to be tour managing Satan in the U.S. I do. I manage the band, and I'll be, I will be tour managing them for their U.S. tour um, throughout October. Then at the end of October, we've night even flies back to Europe to do a couple festivals for Metal Hammer. Um, at that point, we'll come back in November and start writing for the next album. We do have a couple things. We're doing um, a special show with Armored Saint in L.A. in December, and we're also playing Death Angel's Christmas Party oh, nice. in, San Francisco, in San Francisco. Yeah. So we do, you know, I mean, so basically after the, after the first week of November, it's just going to be the band writing and recording and doing these kind of big one-off shows, you know, until, you know, the record comes out and then we'll start the whole thing again, you know? Yeah. I want to give out all the social media sites where people can go look where the band are at or buy some merch. Yeah, or... Nightdemon.net is it, man. Just if you go to the website, every everything is there. It's the hub. You can, you can reach all that stuff. Excellent. Well, Jarvis, have a good night tonight in Boston. Sorry I can't be there. Yeah, thanks, my friend. Good talking to you, and uh, I'll see you down the road. Yep. All right, Jarvis. Take care of yourself. All right, Richard. Okay. See you, man. Bye. Close your window. Lock your door. There's a full moon out tonight. Can you? From the monster out
there with a little bit of the mellow side of Night Demon, if there is such a thing, with the track Darkness Remains. And I got to say that, you know, every damn track on this release is just, you know, stellar, one after another. Really makes it a uh, unenviable task to figure out what to play, because basically I'd like to play every damn track for you. If you're digging the tracks we did play for you this week, you want to find out more about Night Demon you can go to nightdemon.net. So there you go. That is it for this week. Big thanks to Jarvis Leatherby for coming on the show yet again and uh, talking to us all about what's going on with Live Darkness, with the band in general, with kind of his views on the music industry. All good stuff. Never know what you're going to get from Jarvis. So as of right now, no idea what we are going to spring on you next week. couple of ideas cooking. Just haven't quite nailed down what the combination is is going to be. So I guess that uh, you'll find out shortly after I find out. But as I said, that's it. There ain't no more stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, as always, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.